Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a February 4th, late Saturday, well, Late Friday night, early Saturday morning edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host for this episode, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer for BlazersEdge.com, former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian, and also writer for the Associated Press at times, which I did tonight for the Blazers Mavericks game. The Blazers were victims of the Yogi Ferrell phenomenon, Yogi Ferrell, Yogi Sanity, Yogi's Appetite, whatever. Uh, You can throw all these uh, puns out here for all this stuff, but all you care about is that the Blazers lost 108-104, Behind 32 points from Yogi Ferrell, a guy who is playing the fourth game in six days on a 10-day contract, Ferrell dropped 32 points, 11 of 17 from the field, 9 of 11 from three, and in addition to the great game from Ferrell, Wesley Matthews had 27 points former Blazer, and uh, played a a game-high 40 minutes as well. Oh boy, this is the Blazers' season, in a nutshell. They've done this before. They may do it again. Just when you think that they've turned a corner, they get some momentum, they get a nice win at home against Charlotte, who is a while they are not in the playoff picture, are a respectable team, a well-coached team, a team that you would be happy taking a win from. And they had won, I believe they had won four out of five. If I'm not mistaken, the Blazers had. They won four out of five. uh, Four and one uh, over the last couple of games, including that Boston win. But yeah, uh, this team... Uh, falters once again uh, at the hands of a team that, on paper, they should beat. And it's just another disappointing game for them. 
really, I mean, this is this is just what the season has been all season long. This is the 2016-17 season. Just when you think that they're going to turn a corner, they have a slip-up like this where on paper you don't think they should slip up. And, and, and that's been the season so far. Uh, Damian Lillard in this game just had a, a really rough night from the field. He was 4 of 20. I think a lot of credit goes to the Mavericks for really working hard on the defensive end. Wesley Matthews was fantastic, guarding Lillard a lot of the night, really just denying the ball, getting up way out, you know, way out past the three-point line, guarding Lillard at basically the four-point line. And Lillard was never able to shake loose. He didn't hit his first three-pointer until I believe there was about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter and then he was just never able to really get it together he wasn't really sloppy with the ball tonight but on one of the crucial possessions of the game down the stretch he threw a cross-court pass to Alvaruk Aminu when they were down one and then the the Mavericks come down the next play and then Farrell hits the three-pointer to win the game essentially and yeah, I mean, that's that's tough, but uh, that's how it goes sometimes. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a pretty, pretty rough game for the Blazers uh, overall in, in all facets. It, it was just it was pretty bad. Uh, there's really no other way to say it uh, other than the Blazers played very poorly. Uh, that that Lillard turnover was, excuse me, uh, that, that three-pointer on the next possession was a Seth Curry three-pointer, not the Farrell three-pointer. Farrell hit a three-pointer with 19 seconds left. It was kind of a scramble, but he also was left wide open on that play, and and he knocked it down. And, and, and Farrell w- was fantastic all game long, and it was funny. As I was sitting courtside at the game watching the Mavericks warm up tonight, I, I watched Farrell warm up, and I knew that he was on a 10-day contract, and I knew that a lot of people were talking about him because he is he has played very well over the last three games entering tonight and watched him warm up, and I just thought to myself, you know, this is the guy, this is the type of guy that just gives the Blazers problems. It, it, if I were to say, just anecdotally, they're defense against guys that you would are on the like the outer rungs of the NBA not the stars not the guys who you do everything you can in the world and they're still going to score 25 points 30 points I'm not talking about those guys the guys like Farrell the guys like I mean this season has been marked by guys like Farrell guys like Della Vidova guys like Tony Douglas going off against this team and they and and Farrell had the biggest game of any of those guys tonight, and he's just a fast guard. He's unheralded. He's quick, and he wants to prove something. And I think that a lot of point guards that are trying to prove something have had a lot of success against the Blazers. And uh, this team has just had a a lot more trouble this season. It seems like preparing and getting geared up for games against bad teams, against teams that they should beat. They lose to Philly, but they beat Boston. They 
you know, they, they, it's just, it feels like it's been that way this season where they'll get like, okay, well, hey, they'll get a, a nice win here. You know, they'll, they'll beat the bulls on the road or something. And then, you know, they, then they just completely fall off a cliff and it, it just, I mean, this whole season has just been uh falter and, and stumble after stumble and credit to the Mavericks who are playing much better. And I think a lot of that has to do with the addition of Farrell, who has played in every game for the last four games, played over 30 minutes in all of them, and uh, has just been a big part of their success with Devin Harris and Darren Williams out over these last couple of games. He's a young guard, gives them a lot of energy, gives them things that those two guys don't have at point guard. And he and Seth Curry have both been playing very well. Curry coming into this game was averaging over 20 points per game, and he had 19 points tonight, including nine in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think he scored eight straight points at one point and, and really just uh, helped put the Mavericks over the top at the end. And, and the Mavericks are playing well, but my goodness, the, the Blazers just, this is this is what this season has been. This is a team that, while they are playing well, and they're not only have they won four in a row, they've won eight of ten. They're two and a half back now of the eighth seed in the West. But regardless, coming off a win against Charlotte, coming off of a, a nice stretch of play where they're like, hey, you know, you win four of five. Things are going in the right direction. Maybe we can make something out of this. Maybe they could go something like eight of ten or, or eight of eleven like the Mavericks have gone. And they just can't do it right now. I mean, they, they still have time. They, they still have time to kind of make the most of it. I think they're four and three in their last seven games. So uh, they, they still have time here to kind of string some wins together and put together a stretch of the season that they can look at and be like, okay, we finished that strong. That was a good stretch heading into the break. And, and and they still have an opportunity to do that. That's something that Damian Lillard alluded to tonight, that they still have the opportunity. But, man, this team just has an incredible capacity for these losses this season. The, I, I, I don't know what to categorize these losses as. I, I, I guess I would say the I'm not mad, I'm disappointed losses. And, and this was one of those. It, it was just... It was just disappointing, and and again, in a losing effort, they get a big game from Evan Turner when they started poorly. Turner was instrumental in bringing them back in this game, had a monster fourth quarter. I think he had 14 points in the third quarter, excuse me, and, and, and really brought Portland back, played well, had 24 points, but... It just, it seems like that's been the story when Turner has big games, you know, it, it's not enough, and uh, at least it was, at least it has been recently, even though he's played very well over the past month or so against the Warriors earlier in the week and then against the Mavericks tonight, he's had good games but just hasn't been able to save the Blazers, and it, it's not going to be, it's pretty much impossible for this team to win if Damian Lillard goes 4 of 20 and only gets to the line five times. I saw him trying to work the refs, trying to get calls, trying to be like, hey, you got a little contact there on a three-point shot, talking to Dan Crawford, the ref, and, and, and Crawford wasn't having any of it, and, and the Blazers didn't get to the line a whole lot in this game. Uh, at least Lillard did not, and he's normally pretty good at that. 
uh, Alfred Kaminu, it should be noted, had a, a really solid game, one of his best games in a long time, at least offensively. He had 14 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 8 rebounds. I've mentioned a lot throughout this season that he hasn't connected on his three-pointers and that I think that that is really holding the Blazers back. He hit his three-pointers tonight, but the Blazers still lose. Uh, Aminu got the start in the second half of this game, replacing Noah Vonley in the starting lineup. The Blazers were dominated in the early going. They fell behind... I believe it was 17-4, to four, and then the lead got to as high as 20 in the first quarter, and it got to as high as 22 in the second quarter. So uh, Portland was playing from behind the entire game, and it it was it, – and, and the start was a couple of things because the way the Blazers scouted Farrell coming in, Farrell was a 28% three-point shooter, so – Stats say, let's go under the pick and see if he can shoot it. And and the Blazers did that. And then they kept doing that after he hit a couple. And then in the second half, it seemed like they really locked in a little bit more on defending him and sticking with him and staying in front of him and not letting him get that those openings for threes because he was clearly feeling it in this game. But the, that early strategy, that early counting on his his three-point shooting stats to, to hopefully result in a lot of misses just didn't happen tonight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's not a, he's only played in 14 games, or he's only – I mean, he hasn't even played in 13 games so far this season. I think he's played something around, like, 10 or 11 games. So that's a super small sample size. It's not an entire career's worth – or anything like that, it it is it, it's not a whole lot to go off of. But that's what the Blazers went off of in their game plan, talking to Lillard, talking to Turner, and 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 CJ McCollum. Their game plan was let's go under the screen, and 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 it really bit the Blazers in this game. I understand why they went with that scheme in at the start of the game, but uh, either the you know, players or the staff just, you know, maybe wasn't uh, aggressive enough in trying to change that in this game to, to try and get Farrell not in those situations. Something that Lillard also pointed out, Farrell got a lot of those three-pointers in off-the-ball actions and really just got a lot of knockdown shots, but that's what players do. So that's not really an excuse to to, to let him go off and let him get loose like that. I'm sure the Blazers will be more prepared when they play Dallas in a couple days down in Dallas after they play the Thunder. They play on Tuesday uh, down in Dallas against the Mavericks. So I I would expect a change schematically from the Blazers in terms of their defense. But, yeah, as far as tonight goes, that was just how this season's gone. I wouldn't say it's the worst loss of the season. I wouldn't say this is some kind of revelation or that this is not a big, this is just to who this team is. This team's inconsistent. They're not good. They lose games. It seems they shouldn't. And they are disappointing at times. Uh, a guy who did not have a good game tonight for the Blazers is Alan Crabb. I think a lot of credit should go to the Mavericks 
Wesley Matthews in particular, when matched up with Crab, really took it personal, I thought, to d- defend Crab and, and, and really just take him out of the game. Maurice Harkless did not look good in this game, just objectively speaking. Had one of his worst games of the year since he's while he's healthy. I know that he had that game against Cleveland where he looked very tired uh, from the, not a lot of sleep. Uh, Harkless had only two points, two rebounds, and was one of five from the field in 19 minutes. He They tried to get him going on some of those post-ups, uh, but he, he just wasn't able to get those going. Ed Davis made his return tonight. Uh, he played 17 minutes, had one re- had two rebounds, excuse me, and had five points. Uh, I was surprised with how the Mavericks were playing the, the Blazers, the way they started the game by putting Harrison Barnes, a wing, on Mason Plumley, who's a big playmaker for the Blazers, I thought was a really smart move, and I thought that maybe the Blazers would switch over to bringing Myers Leonard in the game to try and space the court. They stuck to the their they stuck to their identity, their starting lineup. They, they didn't do anything crazy, and it almost worked, but they weren't able to get enough stops down the stretch. The Mavericks tonight hit 17 of 31 three pointers, just an absurd number. I think a couple of years ago, the, the Blazers franchise record for three-pointers of the game was 17. I don't know what the Mavericks number is, but, I mean, 17 of 31 from three is ridiculous. And and that was one of the things that, that came out from this game is just, I mean, the three-point line in this one was a major difference. The Mavericks outscored the Blazers by 24 points from the three-point line, so... Uh, yeah, that, that, that makes enough of a difference. The Blazers being able to win things like points in the paint, 40 to 20 did not matter. And also they, they didn't have a lead in this game. The Blazers were behind from the very beginning and it was a wire to wire victory for the Mavericks. So yeah, Blazer, Blazers lose this one, one Oh eight to one Oh four Yogi Ferrell. Uh, continues a, kind of a fairy tale week for him after signing a 10-day contract and, and and making the league. One of the things he said was he's living a dream. And even Terry Stotts, who got his start in, in coaching in the Continental Basketball Association, the old CBA, had an even after after the game, even he had an appreciation for what Farrell did as uh, a guy on a 10-day. And, and there haven't been a lot of stories like Farrell uh, in the NBA, really, where guys get undrafted and and just ball the way Farrell has. Obviously, Jeremy Lin is a guy that comes to mind for a lot of people as one of those out-of-nowhere NBA stories where he becomes a star. Jeremy Lin is a great example. Another example... That is is a lot more dated, but is local Billy Ray Bates, who signed with the Blazers at midseason in the 1980 season, and was just scoring and ended up staying with them. Uh, that's that's another story. Uh, and 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 Farrell tonight actually made some history, becoming the third undrafted rookie in the history of the league to score 30 points in a game in his first 15 games as a pro. 
So Yogi Ferrell making history, obviously not in the way uh, against the Blazers. You, you obviously did not want that, but just uh, a little bit of context for you on his night and how uh, pretty re- and how remarkable it was. So Portland will get another shot at Ferrell in a couple days, which I'm sure they want. I'm sure they don't want to have this loss to the Mavericks linger for too long. They have to worry about the Oklahoma City Thunder, though. Before that, they play the Thunder at noon on Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, that'll be a little a little pregame for you uh, before the Super Bowl. Blazers play the Thunder in Oklahoma City Sunday at noon Pacific time. Hope you enjoyed the podcast that I had yesterday about the Isaac Rop Neil Olshea feud on with, with with Corbin Smith. Excuse me. I know that the audio had some issues there, but uh, I really appreciate it if you bared with me on that. Uh, it wasn't great. Sorry, uh, recording on separate channels there. So uh, try not to have that happen again. Really apologize for some of the audio concerns on that podcast, but we assure you that. We'll revisit the topic of the Blazers and the media and how and how that goes. We're working on trying to get some more guests who also have had experience with that in addition to myself. So I think that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you get a podcast. If you listen to us on FanRag Sports, would really appreciate it if you subscribe to us. Maybe tell a friend if you think it's good. And yeah, uh, it's getting late for me. Had a filed the filed the story on deadline. And which was fun. Haven't done that in a, in a little while, uh, but it was it was fun to do that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's getting late here. I think that's a, a good talk for this evening on the Blazers. Uh, and I just want to say a couple other things before I wrap up here about two guys, Dirk Nowitzki. He only had nine points tonight in thirty three minutes, but it's still fun to watch that guy play. Uh, his jumper is the prettiest thing still, just how high that arc goes, and also just how much of a pleasure it is to watch Wesley Matthews. I'm sure a lot of you who watched this game probably felt that way, and it was just fun to watch him. Rick Carlisle really even called it out tonight that, that there's something about Matthews when he comes to Portland, and he really he really enjoys it, and I don't for a second think that it's not about revenge and disrespect and all the Wesley Matthews narratives that are now targeted at the Blazers and at Neil O'Shea, who didn't want to resign him. So, yeah, uh, pretty uh, interesting night, rough night for the Blazers, but a night that we have come to know very well this season. So until next time, Blazers play Sunday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Russell Westbrook and co. await for uh, a big road game and on a little road stand before they come back home and head towards the All-Star break. So until then, 